podcast of a Lincoln Geek is sponsored by Honey Badger Games, makers of edible gummy dice and meeples, and curators of a wide variety of specialist teas, based here in the UK. Head over to honeybadgergames.co.uk to take a look at their geeky treats. Hello and welcome to Podcast of a Lincoln Geek. I'm your host, the, uh, the podcaster general, the Dan Face. I'm trying to reduce all my titles so it doesn't take up half of the episode. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined by my uh, regular friend and regular co-host, we have the Pete. Another fine podcast from my collection. Excellent work there, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also graced by our glorious, fearless leader. It is the Chris. Say hello, Mr. Chris. Hello, everybody. Good to have you back, buddy. How you been? All right, we've just been really busy after Expo. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, 99% of the work on the site is done by the Chris. He basically organizes everything. <laughs> so you're I very do busy have man, multiple you, hats, yes. I, do. Yeah. I, am, yeah. I am, you know, I, I dish out you know, games for review. I do all the social media stuff. Um, yeah. I, I delegate little tasks here and there to every people who specialize in things. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a busy, a busy guy. <laughs> I just stay in my uh, podcast cave. It's where I'm comfortable and happy. Podcast cave. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But you're also in charge of the all-important Discord, Mr. Dan. Yes, that is true. That is true. I, I have two hats. <laughs> that's enough yeah. for me. I've got, I've, got, I've got six kids to feed as well, so I, I try yeah. my best to uh, yeah. keep on top of uh, what I can. Well, Two anyway, kids not... and fur babies, yeah? Yeah, I'm including the fur babies and that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, you've not uh, tuned in to listen to us talk about our delegations and responsibilities with the website. Uh, you've come to listen to us talk about board games and other random geeky stuff, whatever we want to talk about. And today, um, we came up with a topic. I mean, this one was Pete's idea mainly, so if it's rubbish, we blame Pete. Thanks, Pete. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I love how you passed the book there, mate. Yeah, blame the new guy. We're all, we're all about delegating, you know, this is fine. True. And, uh, and you can't use the new, the, the new guy anymore, Pete. You've been true. doing this a while. True, it's been actually, nearly yeah. like 50 years now, Pete. Come on, yeah. man. It's been nearly a year. Yeah, I can't believe it's been nearly a year. Where's this wow. year gone? We, we need to do an episode count because we're nearly at episode 100. I need to do an episode yeah. count. Next one, next one, guys. I will tell yeah. you what episode number it is, yeah. and then we'll plan something big for the 100th if we yeah. can. Uh, anyway, the, the topic for this one is what's your geeky pet peeves? So I thought we could rather have a little uh, venting session. What really grinds our geeky gears? What gets on our nerves? It could be something specific to board games. Maybe it's the other players. Maybe <laughs> it's just something about what to buy. Maybe it's Kickstarter, like you're missing out. Maybe it's the fear of missing now FOMO we all know about that so uh, I just thought it'd be a good session it's good to vent guys it's good for our yeah. mental health so let's go round the table should we start because we haven't seen him in a while let's uh, let's talk to Chris Chris what's your geeky pet peeves would you like to go first oh from a board game perspective it's got to be um when kickstarters don't uh design their boxes good enough to encount you know to encompass expansions oh yeah yeah, you know, they come up with these amazing games and there are some amazing games out there and they don't design their core box to store expansions they, re they release. Um, <clears throat> you know, I can't think of an example right now, which is really bad. No, yes, I can. Lords of Waterdeep, for example. I know it's, oh, an, yeah. old, I know it's an older title, but it's mm -hmm. an awesome title um, and the expansions don't fit in the box. And they've got so many cards um that go with it it doesn't go in, and i've got plastic tupperware boxes holding cards purely, purely because it won't fit in the original box 
I hear you there. That is a great one. I, I mean, I, I the, the thing that's more satisfying to me is when you get an expansion and you can fit it in the base box. Yeah. Um, it just ne- I mean, ne- looks neat on your shelf as it well. It does, rather than just having extra boxes just for expansions. I'd rather all just have it in one. I mean, quite often now, I actually get rid of the insert that comes with the games, the games, the base games, just for some extra space. Mm. Uh, and uh, if I can get any custom foam ones, they're brilliant, but they can mm. be expensive. Well, you um, see, we're seeing lots of companies that design really fancy, elaborate so- storage solutions for your games, and it often includes the expansions, and it fits in the original box. That's the dream. That's the well, dream. Well, it well, is. You know, there's companies out there like Laser Rocks that actually make them. They, they, they've designed one for the latest Oathsworn, um, and it fits all the cards and the tokens inside the box. Why doesn't this, this game designer do it in the first place? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I've got like someone's like Battlestar. I've got like there's like Broken Token. Have you heard of them? Yeah, they're like yeah, yeah they they do like loads of really good foam inserts. I managed to fit all of the Battlestar expansions in one box. Yeah, nice. Yes. Heaven. Uh, on a sim on a similar note, I. I I love games that look cool on the shelf, but it really bothers me if I sleeve the cards. They no longer fit in the box. <laughs> yeah, that's another one of my pet peeves. So you yeah. kind of beat me to it there. Oh, sorry. Well, it's, I thought it was similar. Like, um, yeah, uh, a couple of examples. I've got the Salem game. Yeah, uh, it's lovely. It looks awesome on a shelf. It look the box looks like a book, but I sleeve the cards and I can no longer close the book fully. Yeah, <laughs> so well, that's I, had, that's I had to like yeah. unsleeve some of the cards. So I basically I've slaved the ones with all the secret identities, saying if you're a witch or not. I've had to prioritize which to have sleeved just so I can yeah. actually shut the box. Yeah, I mean it's like uh, for example, Exploding Kittens. Okay, great game, great card game. Sees a lot of play in our household. We even took it on to Spain, right? Um, and but once it's sleeved, it's so tight in the box, it's crazy. We, we we've had to take out that cardboard central bit just so it all fits. I had to um, put all of my co- all of my expansions for a werewolf into a Tupperware box. I think it's one a friend, funny enough, bought uh, some cookies in for like game night. But with all the sleeves and four copies of four different werewolf games, I should say, and the sleeved cards to clarify. Um, they wouldn't fit in the box, and there've been a few times where some of the boxes actually been damaged from me transiting, transitioning them around. I think I, I think I came home from Lincoln once, and I found out one of my boxes got dented. So maybe not quite the same now. I think about it a bit more detail, but yeah, I, I've had to put things in Tupperware boxes because they either won't all fit in the box or just slightly preserve the box as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone the extra geeky mouse sometimes with game storage. I've got those like, you know, those plastic toolboxes that usually normal people have like screws in or nuts and bolts. And stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got like little game tokens, like for Firefly, there's like 50 different tokens in that game. And mm. I hated having all of them in the baggies just floating around inside the box. So I've just kind of put them in like little compartments in this big toolbox, this, like yeah, plastic clear toolbox. If there's any consolation, Dan, I've done the exact same thing for parts for my He-Man figures. All the figures that come with like spare hands, spare weapons, I put them into one of those toolboxes. And because I sometimes buy the figures off a site called Big Bad Toy Store, they usually give like a sticker for every single purchase you make. I've actually put one of those stickers on the toolbox. So I've got, I've got a head under my table with this, this, this manly looking toolbox. So you open it up, it's got Big Bad Toy Store sticker on the top. You open it up and it's got He-Man parts in it. I'll send you some pictures later. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, well, that's a very good uh, suggestion for the first one, Chris, and I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's hard for them to, because quite often they prioritize just making stuff look good on the shelf, you know, getting the base game in there, but they don't plan ahead for any expansions it, it, or, um, it, yeah. or leaving. 
it really would be nice because um, I mentioned Oathsworn, and and Oathsworn is one I'm really excited because obviously the Kickstarter has been going, the game found uh, has been done, uh, and I think they're getting close to doing the actual, you know, getting people's pledges out to everyone. Um, Their expansions uh, are separate boxes in this instance, and there's a reason for it, and that's fine because it's a legacy game, and as you discover monsters, it tells you which box to go to to get the relevant monster out for that relevant encounter. So that's really clever, and I get that. But their base game, which they're releasing, the, the core elements, all those components are all just scattered and there's lots in there. And like I say, it's Laser Rocks have designed the insert. Uh, it's 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 silly. I, I really wish they'd just do that in the first instance. Yeah, it can be tricky. And I, I think it gives me kind of like a bonus points if a game developer does actually go the extra mile and think ahead. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really nice that the sleeve cards fit in there. And they're, and they're the kind of nice Kickstarter um unlocks you know if we get to this amount of backers we'll do an insert or, or we get to this amount of backers we'll do sleeves for your game because you don't have to go out and buy sleeves so those kind of you know uh you know uh stretch goals are good ones because they're ones what lots of gamers want yeah all good well i feel like we should go round the table have you have you got anything else to chuck in there pete about this one because i was going to go to you next for your next uh no, no, I, I, um, that's such a good point I hadn't considered. But yes, I think the only thing I might say is I can somewhat sympathize with the creators to a degree if they come up with an idea for an expansion after the game has been released, and that's fair. But um, at the same time, actually, I think one thing I quite like about Boss Monster is they did release a, a carry box that c- can fit, I think, the base game, its sequel, and all its various expansions. And nice. I think that's maybe, maybe, maybe more companies look into doing something like that because um, it's an extra cost for the consumer, but it's perhaps a safe way for them to stock. So I think I could even, I even managed to fit all my cards in their sleeve. Um, I still rarely play Boss Monster, as I've mentioned in prior podcasts. I think it's a okay game um, with some fantastic artwork, but I managed to sleeve all or most of my cards and fit them in there without any problem. So I think, I think it's, it's a good middle ground, I think. Okay, well, uh, we'll move on from... Um... A box inter- interior design <laughs> and we'll go and see your next um uh item so pete what, what did you want to talk about what's your geeky pet peeve number one? Oh, i've got so many i think You've i'll start with several oh, i've got several um i think i'll go with uh fomo or fear of missing out oh yeah it's there's so many different variations of this um for example as i said earlier i i collect action figures and one of the big frustrations i'm finding right now is um actually getting actually buying the figures because they seem to sell out so very very quickly and this is a case of if you don't buy or pre-order a figure as soon as it's available um you'll have to go to the second hand market where it'll go up for like two two three times the price and i mean it is very much a case of like uh, it's you know case like yeah so it's case like do, do I drop say 50 60 quid right now and you know during maybe an expensive month but at the same time know that I do want this figure or do I wait two or three months and then have to drop say 70 80 quid because it's out of stock or the flip side of the coin um suddenly it goes down by 10 20 percent which I have seen a few times it's the case of do you do you because I, I I am trying to sort of maybe maybe cut back on what I spend a little bit but at the same time, how how long how long should I wait or should I just bite the bullet? Because there have also been a few times where I can't find a figure that I want for a reasonable price in the UK, so I've had to import it off the off, off of either Amazon.com or Big Bad Toy Store, 
it adds an extra maybe 10, 20 quid because of all the shipping. But on the other hand, I'm not, you know, it's cheaper than, say, a scalper or someone just selling it at a second, second-hand price. So, and that's I, think, I think one of the things that's always sort of turned me off Kickstarter a little bit is because, um, to, go, to go, go to a more board game example, um, like, I, I'm very, very hesitant when it comes to buying board games for multiple reasons. Um, I don't get, I don't, they, they rarely see, the, see my table here because I don't play board games as much as my friends as I would like. Uh, local friends, I, sh- I should clarify. Um, but also, um, I... I, I had this thing about, do I want to drop you know, 50, 60, 70 quid on a board game that I won't see much of? So, um, and then you see on the Kickstarter, it's like, okay, the base game is 30 quid. Maybe I can justify that. But if you pay an extra 20, 30, 40 quid, you get all the bells and whistles. And I'm thinking, well, do I like the base game? They're always limited edition, these bells and yeah. whistles as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, limited uh, edition. That's, that's what gets me. I mean, I used to have a strong resistance to Kickstarter. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys corrupted me? And now, uh, like, limited edition, collector's edition. I'm like, oh. Uh, you're on, like, your third Kickstarter now. <laughs> shush, shush, don't You're on your me. third Kickstarter. You've done Final Girl. Well, what was the next one? One of, one of them's on GameFound. Is that the same? It's still the same. It's the crowdfunding. <laughs> you broke your crowdfunding cherry. So it was did, Final Girl. I can't stop now. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I actually, um, I got Final Girl retail, actually. I got it afterwards. But... Um, uh, the first one was the first one was uh, the Last of Us board game. That's it. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm only doing the ones of the kind of the IPs or the, mm. something I really like. So I've only done three. And the first one was the Last of Us board game, and I did go for the collectors on that just because they came <laughs> with awesome miniatures instead of just standees. You know, like little cutout standees is yeah. actually a full-on miniature. So I, oh, I had to. Uh, and the other one after that is uh, the guys. Is it Facade Games? The people that made um, Salem. Yeah, they've made it. They've made a new, um, uh, a new one. I think it's set in Hollywood. It's got a solo mode, so I was like, ooh. Uh, and also, if you went for a couple of the extras, you got like a, an index book where you can fit all those stray tokens that won't fit in the box because I've sleeved the cards. <laughs> so going back to that, so I finally got like a little extra box. Well, I will have where I can put like, the, and I can actually fit the books properly on the shelf, which would be awesome. Um, what's the third one? Um, do, do, do. Oh yes, I've just recently splurged for the um firefly they've like, done, like, a, yes. yeah, they've done like a big box edition because i missed the boat on all of the expansions i've only got the base game yeah um, i thought i'd splurge it's a kind of uh nearly my 40th birthday so i thought it'd be a present from me to me <laughs> ah. well <laughs> so look it's a future dan anyway it'll arrive in 24 24 or whatever i'm uh, totally yeah. with you though on the point you were making uh, yeah. with that whole FOMO and the fear of missing mm. out. And, and and like you're right, though, Pete. You see you see these Kickstarters and you go, oh, but it's only an extra 20 quid for mm. the extra the, those extra bits. I did that with Redwood, which is uh, which was on again on GameFound. Um, <laughs> so there isn't just Kickstarter, folks. There are other crowdfunding platforms, and yeah. GameFound's one of them. Um, and uh, Redwood is a photography game where you're basically uh, moving throughout the forest and you have to get the best angles uh, to take pictures of the wildlife. And um, the extra bits was a couple of expansions, but also the ever so glorious playmats. I have a problem for playmats. I really <laughs> do. So I just went all in on it and flipping neck, you know, 250 quid later. Oh, 250 yeah, quid on a board game. 
it can sneak up on you, can't it? <laughs> I mean, you're well, talking to someone who's about to spend 120 quid on four action figures, so I can't really comment too much. It's just but, part, of your, <laughs> it's part of your six-figure income, isn't it? It really? is, yeah, it's part of my six-figure income. <laughs> six-figure a month, sorry, six-figure a month income. People turn around to me and say, this is a pet peeve, actually. People turn around to me and go, how can you afford to buy all these board games, right? This I don't count the ones where we're given for review because obviously that's yeah. what we're asked to do. We're asked to review a game. But where I've bought a game, I go, I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I hardly drink. Mm-hmm. You know, I literally hardly drink these days. You know, what else have I got to you know to splurge on? You know, I don't, I don't even buy that much Lego anymore because now I have a Lego shop. So um, I, 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 my, my, my vice is my board games. And like we've said before, they're like a trophy. You know, they look yeah. good on the shelves yeah. as well. I mean, if they bring yeah. you joy, go for it. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, people say, oh, they're really expensive, 70, 80 quid or whatever. I mean, that's basically a night out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. These days. I mean, so heck, if, you, heck, if, you go for a, if, if you go for a meal and a night out, that's easily 80 quid. You'll hit triple digits if you yeah. go like to a club afterwards. Yeah. I mean, and, and then you have nothing to show for it afterwards apart exactly. from the hangover. Exactly. I remember back, you know, and this was like, you know, like um, early to mid 2010s, 50 quid would get me an absolute banging night out and maybe a kebab and a taxi home. But I have nothing to show for it other than embarrassing photos on Facebook. But of course, the price of booze has gone up now quite a bit. I think some of my favorite clubs around here, uh, that I've not been to since the pandemic, have gone from like three three pounds even a drink to like five, six pounds. So Mm. it's like you said, you know, on the other hand, I, I could spend that 70 quid on a board game or a wave of figures and... I've got some cool things on my shelf that I can look at, periodically play around with, pose, whatever. So yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. And I, I'm in a similar boat to Chris, actually, because I've had some people say this similar to me. But like you said, I, I don't drink as much as I used to. Uh, I don't smoke. I don't travel. It's basically a case of, you know, yeah, maybe I do splurge a bit more than I perhaps should. Maybe there are times where I should maybe hold back a little bit. But then that goes back to my earlier point of if I hold back, am I going to get, you know, will I find it available two months down the road at a reasonable price? Or is it going to sell out completely? Um, and then I've got to pay like, you know, like like 30 quid for a figure that would have cost me 18 quid plus shipping or yeah, something yeah. similar. Well, at the end of the day, I think it's all about balance, isn't it? As long yeah. as you've maintained your adult responsibilities. So you, yeah. if you've got kids, obviously you provide for them first. Then you've got like oh, yeah. rent, rent, food. If you manage to cover all of your grown up stuff yeah. and you've got a bit of spare cash, which you've earned through working, I don't think you should feel guilty about treating yourself no. <laughs> no. it's all about quality of life isn't it you've got to have some yeah. things just to, ooh, shiny just uh, <laughs> help you yeah uh, so yeah fear of missing out great great shout out there pete uh, i'm going to piggyback off your slightly it's <laughs> kind of related my pet peeve is is when to complete a collection do you buy something that's kind of an inferior part of that collection <laughs> uh, <laughs> completionism <laughs> I know. so uh for example going back to final girl i've got most of the season one box sets i've got all the ones that have got really good reviews and i'm having fun with them i'm actually playing them occasionally it's all good um i've nearly got the full set apart from one which i've heard is kind of got very mixed reviews from everyone generously uh so i've got i've got this decision do i buy this this one feature film which i'm probably never going to play really maybe once just for curiosity just to complete the collection then i've got the full set or do i just literally just get the ones i actually want to play so i've got like this missing spells uh, space on the shelf i'm like oh should do i it, do it do it do it now oh, do it. 
you know you're so you guys to. are basically you can't <laughs> both be my evil conscience hey, i need a good my... conscience on one shoulder i can't have two evil consciences be sensible and don't right. buy it you don't need it I'm a collector, and as a collector, I advise you to buy it. I am your good conscience. Whenever I talk to <laughs> Pete, whenever I talk to Pete about, oh, this looks good, he's always like, buy it now, buy it, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, if you don't buy it, I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's my uh, one. It kind of ties in slightly to Pete mm. as well. So it's, uh, do I complete the collection with something that's a bit inferior, <laughs> just to complete the set? Mm. Um, it's a tricky one because like you said I mean you've talked about, about this expansion a few times if you're not going to play the, play it do you really want to buy it because yeah. um, and I mean going back to myself briefly I mean there have been a few times where I've bought figures that perhaps I wasn't originally planning to but as my collection has grown I've kind of seen I, I can justify it but if mm-hmm. but again that, that's more for my display but if you're not actually going to be playing the game and it's like what 20-30 quid yeah, is that twenty? You know, that's twenty thirty quid. You could go that could go towards a season two or hopefully season three expansion for Final Girl. Yeah, so I mean, I've decided that in this example, I'm just going to cherry pick the ones I actually want to play, and then mm. if I see the others secondhand for cheap, then maybe I'll get them just to complete yeah. the set. Also. I mean, if, if you're lucky, if this one reviews so badly, maybe you can get it on eBay for like a tenner and just hope maybe. there aren't any aren't any parts maybe. missing or damaged or damaged. Maybe issues. so. Yeah, let's we'll see. Well, um. We've been around the table once. So I think we should just do it one more time. So just kind of a little bit yeah. more quicker next time. Rapid fire, guys. Do you have any more you wanted to chuck out? Yeah, Chris? I've got one for you. So okay. um, one of my big pet peeves, not a bit big pet peeves, but it's uh, the style of gaming. So um, okay. you, uh, I'm a very much of a casual kind of gamer. Um, I am not competitive. Uh, very, mm-hmm. It's very rare that I'm competitive with the game. The only time I might be competitive with the game if it's one of my games and I'm really excited to play it. Um, okay. But the majority of the time, I'm a casual gamer. I, I play because I enjoy the social interaction. Okay, sure. And then you've got the ex- the other extreme where you know you've got someone, maybe a part of your group or someone you know you're playing with for the first time, and they're uber competitive, and they mm. analyze everything and they look at everything, uh, and when you know they they, they 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 pressure you because you're not like that. That's so one you, of the big things. So you're on about overly competitive players. Yeah. Overly competitive yeah. players. You know, it's a game at the end of the day. It's a bit of fun, sure. you know. Uh, and I, I don't want my uh, my experience to be um, um, ruined by someone over over, over rules lying mm. stuff, you know. And yeah. and and th- I've got a great example here. It was a, a D. I'm doing a D and D session, you know, several years ago, uh, and someone was wanting to play with psionics, and I, I hate psionics. They're an absolute nightmare, and um, they they cried when the DM turned around and said, "No, you're not doing it." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "It's just a game." <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you mean. Some people can take it a bit yeah. too seriously. I mean, I, my main objective when I have a game site is for everyone to have fun. Yeah, um, I'd rather it be like a close game for everyone rather than me just win by yeah. a country mile. Yeah, uh, if I if I find it's a massacre, even if it's in my favour. I find it quite anticlimactic and kind of, kind of, I feel bad for the other player. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I think winning is my secondary objective. My first one is having fun. And mm. you're quite right. I mean, these are games. It's not like a tournament 
people are in you know there's no like cash on the line if it's just your friends around for a game yeah. night <laughs> i get it when people are competitive when they are playing in a tournament yeah like a magic yep. tournament or a, a 40k tabletop you know miniatures sure then you're like uh, you're professional mm. like this this is for the tournament we're yeah. going to play 100% yeah. efficient and that's fine yeah i've run mag- i've run massive magic tournaments i know it i get it so sure but yeah there's a time and a place for it on the flip side, I mean, it's this kind of kind of the many pet peeve as well for me is people that I know you don't want it to take it too seriously, but I like it if people do take it a little, you know, actually play by the rules and do it a yeah, little bit seriously. Yeah. Like I've had um, people when I played Battlestar in the past when um, I don't, I've had to mention I mentioned every episode. And here's the one. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned had, it earlier. This is the second yeah, time today, technically. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I've had players. Um, well, I can think of one example really, who just desperately wanted to be on the evil team. Uh, so even if he drew the human card and was mm. technically on the good team, he would act like an evil player anyway. Oh God, who was that? <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to shame him on the podcast. Okay, I won't do that. But, uh, but <laughs> it wasn't me, you know, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't you. Uh, basically, it, we gave. He did this the first time we played with him, and it just basically made it a guaranteed auto loss for the humans because the it's quite hard on the humans mm. that game anyway. Yeah, especially when you have someone that's acting like a Cylon when they're not a Cylon because we kept we jailed him. So we thought, oh, he's he just is a Cylon. So we brigged him and then we killed him, and he was human. We we're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just wanted to help the Cylons. So I was like, okay, well, that's funny, yeah, but please try and help the team you're on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy at the best of time, and you lose resources yep. because of that as well. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. we lost the morale for killing him because he was human. So we, we gave him another shot, and he came back again, and he did it again. He played like a Cylon again. So we're like, okay, um, you're blacklisted, because mm. basically he just guaranteed a loss for the um, mm. one team just because he thought it was funny to be evil when he wasn't. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, a bit of a minor rant there. Actually, that <laughs> reminds me, I think, of the Thing games. I think you've mentioned when playing that game, you've got to play play the human role as much as possible because we've seen a few times where if people... Uh, like Once you start getting um, a domino effect of people turning to the Thing side, yeah. uh, it goes very south for the humans very, very quickly. And that's people unwittingly turning. Mm. If you, I yes. just imagine people like deliberately going, oh, I'm going to pretend to be evil and maybe I'll turn at, at the end of the game, fingers crossed. I can imagine that would make the game even harder. And I could be killed them before they even get a chance to join the Thing team. I mean, the, the Thing is a good example, really, because I, I do like a little warning when I play that. It's like, don't, don't try metagame it, it kind of mm. ruins the game. Because you, you're right, that for the humans, as the alien spreads, it can get a bit, um, a bit dire straits for them. So if you're playing just to win, rather mm. than playing, you know, to fit the theme of the game, then you'll be like, oh, turn me into an alien, please. You'll do whatever you can to turn into an alien yeah. to join the winning team, which just goes really against against the spirit of the game. I, so I, I would say if you're a human in the thing, the your best winning objective is to stay human, stay alive and mm. win. And then if you turn against an alien, it should be against your will because genuinely being eaten by an alien and turning <laughs> into isn't a pleasant process. So I don't think the player should do that. <laughs> I would also add as well, because when we have a game where I managed to, where you and I managed to turn half the table into things, yeah. it's mm-hmm. far more satisfying watching someone pick the token that, that turns them into a thing. And yeah. then um, obviously I think, because we were playing on TTS and no one could see my, demonic grin when i watched it and i turned to you and shane and then you turned yeah, yeah. uh buttons and george and pineapple just watching the grin on my face from how it how it happened naturally rather than oh i'm gonna spend time with this person oh, i'm not turned yet how about you oh, i'm not turned yet yeah. how about you well, 
I think it worked in our case because everyone was playing for the team they were on. So yeah, I can respect yeah, yeah. that. So when people were humans, they were trying to stay human and they were trying to win as a human. And then we obviously turned them against their will. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. so that was fine. I, I would have probably been slightly peeved if people <laughs> were intentionally trying to visit as many aliens as they could to turn. Yeah. So they so they win the game, which I think just goes against the spirit of the yeah. you know, theme of the game. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's, that's a good one there, Chris. Sorry to kind of hijack your suggestion there. Uh, unless you've got anything else to add, we're going to go to Pete quickly before we run out of time. No, 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 I'm happy with that. Okay, cool, Pete. Rapid Fire, have you got anything else you'd like to check out? I technically have two, but I'll try and rapid fire them as fast as possible. Um, The first one I I wanted to mention is things going out of stock uh, for one reason or another. Now, obviously I understand things can't be in stock indefinitely, maybe a license expires, maybe it doesn't sell enough to justify it, whatever, but... Um, as a collector, it's frustrating when uh, there's something I, something that catches my eye, and my only options are basically secondhand off eBay, which are either going to have absolute pristine mint condition that costs like say fifty, you know, like, like triple the base price, or is in such terrible condition you can it's just completely borderline useless bar maybe in the case of say a board game having a handful of meeples you can have as replacements um my non-board game example is when i used to collect a lot of anime uh, a lot collect a lot of manga um i collected manga for about five to seven years and an ex of mine she basically said to me something to the tune of uh, stop being so geeky uh it wasn't quite like that but she was kind of because like, i had been quite recluse by that point in my life um i hadn't really sort of embraced life that much so i took that to mean sell all of my geeky stuff which uh, i did in fact the only manga i have in that period that survived my my massive purge is my one piece because of how much i love one piece but there are a few other manga series that i have sold such as flame of wrecker and rave master that they weren't 10 out of 10 series but they were fun enjoyable series um yeah. the license for those mangas have since expired they they didn't sell they, they weren't exactly um flying off the shelves you know they were very very niche series so whoever mm. had the license I think Tokyo Pop's actually gone out of business since then, but no one's bothered to renew the license, so I can't buy them. So if I want to get Flame of Wrecker or Rave Master, as I said earlier, I'm going to have to either you know buy a book that would have cost me say seven quid back in the day, or maybe be like seventy because of how bleeding rare it is. Yeah. Or it's a former library copy, which I have seen on eBay. That I mean, my mum used to work in a library, and she would periodically like um, withdraw graphic novels from me to have my collection, and some of them were in fantastic condition. Some of them, less so. And that's the gamble, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, um, I, I used to collect, you know, comic books, believe it or not. Mm. Um, I had a massive selection of Spider-Man and Venom, and I did exactly the same thing. I had, you know, I had an ex telling me stop being so geeky and, you know, have a clear out. You've got so much stuff. Mm-hmm. So I did. I got rid of all my Spider-Mans, all of them, and I am gutted. And my Venom in particular, because I didn't realize that the run, like you just mentioned, you know, limited run, um, trying to get number one of that Venom series now, you know, mm. the comic's 50 quid. I, yeah. I sold the lot for 40 quid, you know, and that's just number one now. So, so I think the ultimate, the ultimate pet peeve is our evil exes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Never let them change you guys. Never let them... Well, I will say one thing in defense of that evil ex. Um, no, even Lex is the wrong frame. Anyway, phrase, even. Anyway, um, it's through her that I made Facebook, and it's through Facebook that I got back in touch with Dan. So if it wasn't oh, for her, I maybe wouldn't have got back in touch with Dan, reestablished our old friendship, and be here today. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I must admit, I'm the same now. I wouldn't be where I am now if I, if I hadn't have met my ex. So mm. i got to thank my ex for that. So Yeah, yeah it's, same, all, it's all character development, isn't yeah, it? Guys? It is. It's it's all on, character on the off chance you're listening, journey. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. very, very wholesome message yeah. in there. Well done, yes. guys. <laughs> uh, well, Pete, you said you had two. Uh, we have pretty much hit our time box. So did you quickly want to shout out what your second one was? Um, spoilers, basically. just um, I recently watched the new Dragon Ball movie a few days ago. It had been out in the cinema um, since it came out in the cinema last August. I tried my hardest to avoid spoilers. I didn't. I still enjoyed the film, but watching characters attain new forms or like the secret final boss is less interesting when I go into the film knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I could honestly do an entire rant about spoilers because I'm a very, very big fan of story-heavy video games, but... Um, and just stumbling across a spoiler you didn't seek out is what I find annoying. It's it's not like you went to a, um, a video or a post about that game expecting spoilers. Mm. You're watching a video, you're reading a post, and then suddenly massive um, unexpected spoilers. No one expects the spoiler inquisition sort of deal. Yeah, I know. I get. I get what you say there. I mean, mm. and the YouTube homepage is very dangerous oh, when, there's Lord, some, yes. when there's something. Oh yeah, because because it knows your algorithm, it knows what you're interested in. So if there's like a new show or a new whatever game or anything come out, just watch out for the YouTube homepage because it mm. might just have front page spoilers. I've got the perfect example of that actually. Uh, if you don't mind quickly saying it, yeah, go on then quickly, go. On. So, so when I got into the video game series Dungeon Rampa, um, I was listening to a lot of the music because I love the music in that game, and. Um, Dungeon Romper is a very, very dark game about death because characters do get do die off die, die off of the game. I would say it's dark humor, isn't it? Yeah, dark humor. Kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a pinch of salt. It's a yeah. murder mystery game. Yeah. Um, so um, the video I saw was like the top ten executions in Dungeon Romper, and on the thumbnail <laughs> is a scene of the first game's mastermind in a spoiler, like a scene from the actual ending. The secret villain. Yeah, the secret villain. On the yeah. yeah, and I'm like, I, by this point, I kind of got an idea that that person might have been the secret villain, but seeing that, I was like. <laughs> Oh, thanks. thanks Spoiler alert. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Yeah, I, I didn't terrible. want to see that. The thing is, they do that, and it's yeah. uh, so it's it's the way of getting people to watch this stuff these days. It probably gets get some hate clicks. Which oh yeah. Is just oh the yeah. Same as hate clicks, clicks, but also you know it's 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 clickbait. You know they want you to click on it because you're intrigued. Ooh, what's mm. that? And yeah. or angry. <laughs> and it's even worse. It's even worse now for with films um, uh, because let's face it, trailers these days. Just watch the trailer. Yeah. It's most of the film already. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailer for one of the more recent Terminator films a few years ago. And then when I went to the cinema with a few friends, um, when that trailer came on, I turned to a friend and said, hey, if you want to see this film, don't watch this trailer. It gives away everything. I think it was Terminator Genesis. Mm. Oh, Genesis. Okay. Yeah. 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 They need to go back to the old days, but I'm not going to go there. You know, yes. we're running out. <laughs> back Sorry. in my day. Back in my day. When back it was just a title. <laughs> to walk three miles just to go to cinema. <laughs> I remember we used to go into Hull to go to the cinema. I remember when Lincoln only had one cinema. Yeah, and that's now a, a restaurant. It's, it's now it's uh, now a what? restaurant. Yeah, yeah, it's a restaurant. It's because it I went there once with with you and with you and your now wife, and it's just so weird going to a place that I used to go to, to see films, and it's just no longer a cinema. It's just a restaurant. <sighs> Well, I feel like we've hit our time box there. My, I did have one very quick one. Do you want to mention is, it? Uh, I don't want to grumble about other players too much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's if people are on their phone while you're explaining the rules or when mm-hmm. it's not their turn, if they immediately whip out their phone and they're not watching the game. And then when it comes around to them, they're like, okay, what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> part, part of my brain just kind of twitches. like. I, I am guilty of that one. 
Uh, I, I know I've done that in the past, um, and I am consciously aware of it. But often it's a case of I'm just taking a picture of the game progress. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, everyone gets a little bit of a way. Sometimes you have family message you or something. Yeah, yeah. Pops, that's yeah. fine. But if people are just like um, Facebooking or something mm-hmm. while you while they're waiting for their turn to come around, yeah. that is a, a bit of a pet peeve. Of mine. Yeah. Sorry. If I want to use use the phone during a game, I want to excuse myself and go to the bathroom. Uh, partially to actually use the bathroom, but also that, that then gives me like a bit of privacy to actually use the phone. But otherwise. The phone is off unless I'm expecting a call from a family member because of some emergency or something yeah. similar. The phone is off. The phone is on. Do not disturb. Mm. Um, or no, actually, I won't put on do not disturb because in case I do need to get an emergency call. But it's in my yeah. pocket. It's out the way, yeah. and I will only touch it if we're having a break. Yeah, yeah. It's mainly if they're just scrolling, so they're just yeah. kind of they're not waiting for they're not watching while other people are doing their go. So they're just kind of scrolling Facebook or whatever mm. Instagram. Just they have no idea what's happened when it's come back round to them. That's a yeah. happy of mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I feel like that was a good uh, venting session, guys. You feel yeah. you feel good? You feel yeah. Always, always love a good vent. <laughs> <laughs> Pet always peeve stroke vent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's good. Good for all of us. Feel free to everyone have a half hour venting session. You'll feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'd like to thank you. Uh, both uh, uh, for your thoughts and comments. It's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you both. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone at home or doing the dishes, whatever they do, listening to our little show about board games and random geeky stuff. Uh, we actually have someone that's better than the plugs of me here today. Go for it, Chris. Okay, okay. So if you've enjoyed this and you like talking about board games, then do pop along and check out our Discord because we have our own Discord. Mr. Dan is in charge of that. And uh, we all have all sorts of conversations on there about games, what's coming out, um, and even organized gaming sessions. So uh, do pop along and check that out. But also, if you're a fan of what we do and you want to support us, then please obviously subscribe to our YouTube or our Facebook or even our our actual website, which, of course, is diaryofalinkingheat.com or doalg.co.uk. Excellent plug in there, Chris. Well done. (laughs) Well, I'd like to thank you both again, and thank you, everyone, uh, listening to our little chat. And as always, always be gaming. Bye. Keep gaming, everyone. Keep gaming. Bye.